Today, I am talking about bulimia nervosa in the series called Demystifying the DSM. I'm Christy Bundakumara, Dr. B, a psychiatric nurse practitioner with over 20 years of clinical experience and a lot of life experience. So bulimia nervosa is a type of eating disorder and the DSM is the book that we use to classify and diagnose all kinds of mental health conditions. So bulimia nervosa is considered a mental health condition and in each of the DSM criteria, you have to meet certain criteria. So for bulimia nervosa, there needs to be a reoccurring binge eating and two things need to be associated with that. So the binge eating needs to kind of have a secrecy or discreetness about it. It's not, um, oh, I went out with my friends and I ate too much pizza, right? There's, there's a consciousness of I secretly want to consume more food. And there needs to feel like a lack of control. Like you, you feel like you don't have so much control over it. So that is criteria A for bulimia nervosa. The second criteria, criteria B, is that there is reoccurring um, compensation type behavior. So we often think of bulimia as someone who eats and then vomits, um, but it could be any kind of uh, behavior that is trying to compensate specifically for the binge that they just had. So another common thing would be laxatives, diuretics, but even fasting. So, you know, fasting can be a healthy thing that people talk about a lot, but if if it is associated with bulimia, it is part of that compensation. They're trying to compensate. Exercise, excessive exercise is another way to compensate, okay? And we talked about this a little bit with orthorexia, and as I go through these, I'm going to try to differentiate uh, orthorexia versus bulimia versus anorexia versus binge eating disorder. Um, but what we're looking at here is that there is this consistent binge with a compensation, okay? And, and that is a clear cycle. And that's what makes bulimia nervosa different from the other uh, disorders in that there's a clear cycle. So that is criteria A and B. Criteria C is that this is happening at least once a week for more than three months. And, and in the DSM, we have to put things like that so that we're not diagnosing people with you know, pretty significant mental health concerns when it's a short kind of compensation type behavior. When I say compensation type behavior, I'm talking about like a, a maladaptive coping this whole process could be a maladaptive coping, um, but to be diagnosed with bulimia nervosa, it needs to be going on for longer than three months. Criteria D is that there's a preoccupation with body shape and weight. And we see this in most eating disorders, in a lot of eating disorders, in orthorexia and anorexia. However, even though clinically or in the DSM, they all say that clinically the way they present is very different. So if you are a professional trying to learn to diagnose these conditions, someone with orthorexia, anorexia, bulimia nervosa are going to actually clinically present uh, differently. And we can kind of talk about that. The, and then criteria E 
for bulimia nervosa is that they don't meet criteria for anorexia nervosa. Remember, and this was in the last video, anorexia nervosa, they are underweight. There is a malnutrition. They are restrictive eating. Bulimics are typically average size, maybe even a little overweight. Okay. Sometimes bulimics can hide this for a very long time because they don't look like they have an eating disorder. They will be average, you know, build. They could be average weight, even a little above weight. So clinically, physically, they're going to present differently. And so that criteria A is that they do not meet criteria for anorexia nervosa. If you watch that last video, remember there are purging anorexics. There are anorexics who actually purge their food or do some of this other compensation type behavior, but they don't have the binge and it's not this clear cycle of binge compensate, binge compensate, binge compensate. That's what makes bulimia nervosa different from the other disorders. There's that clear cycle. Um, most eating disorders has to do with control. However, a bulimic doesn't feel like they're in control. Anorexia and orthorexia, it's a, an extreme anxious control. So you see the difference? Like it's, it still kind of has this underlining thing of, around control, but the, a, a bulimic doesn't feel like they have that control. And th there is treatment. You know, we, we categorize this into mild, moderate, severe, and extreme. Mild is once or twice, uh, once to three times a week, moderate four to seven times, severe eight to 13. Anything more than 14 times a week would be an extreme case. Anyone with an eating disorder that meets this criteria should be seeking professional help, okay? The treatment for this at Mentally Strong and, and anywhere else, the first thing is kind of assessing any underlying mood disorders. Is there depression, anxiety, um, even you know, other types of cyclic mood disorders that are going on that medication can actually help treat? Oftentimes in treatment, people will like focus on the behavior of, you know, binging and purging and trying to get that person to stop binging or stop purging. And that's not where the problem is. And so at, at Mentally Strong, we are going to encourage you to see a dietitian, nutritionist that is, that can focus on, you know, real good eating disorder type, uh, changing in your relationship with food. And then we're going to do some cognitive behavioral therapy with the mentally strong method and encourage you to see a professional who focuses on that. Many times there's a lot more going on on the surface. These bulimia nervosa looks like a behavior, right? But it's actually likely a mood disorder underneath that needs to also be treated or maybe there's trauma, or maybe there's, you know, this is like a coping mechanism for other things in their life. So we're gonna assess for that treatment, you know, treating the mood disorder. We're going to referral for nutrition, dietitian. Be careful with those referrals. I can tell you that many times, even 
a dietitian or a nutritionist will, without specific training in eating disorders, can actually be a trigger and worsen some of that behavior, okay? So in the Mentally Strong Method, we, we actually help figure out what's underneath. So if you take a thought map and let's say someone just binged and purged and we would say, okay, how did you, how, not how do you feel right now? How did you feel right before you started binging? And we would map that out and, and figure out what's underneath because insight into what is causing it is going to help with the treatment. So the, remember the problem here is not the behavior. It is a medical problem. It can progress to a medical problem. Um, bulimics often will have esophageal tears, other you know malnutrition or difficulty with vitamin absorption. And so we definitely want to do you know labs full workup there. But remember, when we're treating it from a psychiatric psychological aspect, we need to be focusing on not the behavior. We're focusing on what's underneath that behavior. So in the Mentally Strong Method, we have these 10 categories and behaviors is one of those categories. And so we can put that in there and we can say, okay, the binging and the purging, these are two separate behaviors, are our are, are behavior. And yes, we always have a choice for our behaviors. But what else is there? Is there negative self-talk? Are there triggers? Is there grief? Is there trauma? Is there anxiety? And this is why we put things in different categories because if someone with bulimia just comes to you and they're asking for treatment and you're focusing on the behavior, then again, it's going to impact their self-talk, their self-worth, like, I can't stop this. I feel like I don't have control. And so when, you're, when you focus on the behavior, you're, you're actually impeding the treatment. Focus on what's underneath that behavior while encouraging those positive choices. Cognitive behavioral therapy is kind of the number one thing for eating disorders that don't have trauma, right? So if there's additional trauma there, that they should be getting that trauma treatment. So that is how we would assess, diagnose, and, and treat bulimia nervosa. Continue to follow me as we go through demystifying the DSM.